ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. It's the Dave Juskow podcast on a beautiful August afternoon, evening. I mean, an absolutely gorgeous day in August. That never happens. Usually it's too hot, too humid, but this is probably one of the greatest days of the year, weather-wise. The beginning of August, August 6th. Taping this on a Thursday today because I had plans on Wednesday. And we're giving you an all-out awesome show because we're going to have a couple of breaks in between. And then, of course, starting in September, full force, non-stop, until Super Bowl. My name is Dave Jessica. I'm here with my special guest today, joining us after a very long absence. Please welcome the great, legendary director, editor, Mr. Guillermo Salazar. Hi, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) We haven't seen you since the Oscars. (laughs) It's true. When you uh, single-handedly took over the show... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with your nonsense and uh, crazy beliefs and you lost a lot, you know every you came in last it's true <laughs> it's true but i never promised anything other than you know i never said otherwise what do you think of the winner that stupid uh the horrible birdman I, I didn't hate birdman i i thought it was all right but then it got so overhyped that every you know like if it hadn't gotten any press it, people would just been like oh it's kind of a cool movie i hated the movie i hated it everything about it at the yeah. time, you and hadn't I seen it, right? And I was so... That's right. Right. And I was so excited. No, I might have seen it before then. Oh. I was so excited to see it because right. I love Michael Keaton, and I wanted him to do well, and I just worship him. Well, he did do well. And like, it, he did well. Yeah, he yeah, did. no, I know, but it's just I thought I thought the movie was about an action hero. I had no oh. idea it was going to be an esoteric <laughs> fantasy. Well, that's like that Make Woody your Allen own movie. decision. <laughs> I was... Like the deconstructing Harry? Yeah. Yes, I fell for it again. I'm an idiot. I know. So I can't change my views mid-movie. Right. So right. it's either all or nothing for me. I'm sorry. I got confused. I, you know, I saw the coming attractions. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be unbelievable. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, and the funny thing is, it, it's, a, it's a faggoty theater piece. You know, like right. I'm, I'm, for the last three weeks, all I've been doing is talking about show tunes. You know, right. Like, so for me not to like it, yeah, I know. Exactly. It's like, that's what I'm saying. It's even worse. <laughs> it's all about the theater. What are you talking yeah. about? How can I not like it? Plus, I was so angry at the girl that I saw it with. I think I've mentioned this before because she just kept going, um, Oh my God! This is my life. This is my life. And I'm like, in what way? I didn't even know she was an actress. And she's like, Yeah, this is just like my life. And I'm like, How is this your life? You're a waitress at a comedy club. But she imagined like, you know, superheroes talking to her. Maybe I guess I don't know. She just imagines the craziness of the theater. <laughs> I can't even imagine how she. How dare she say that's her life? Because she, you know, even if she's an actress, there's no way she has to consider herself a theater actress. Right. She probably wants to get into television and movies. <laughs> right, right. So the nerve of her saying, "Oh my God, this is me!" Right. It just really pisses me off. Well, I mean, that was one thing about the movie, right? It's so self. It's like you know about actors written by a film i mean it's so like it's all about this little insular world that nobody gives a shit about right so plus that drumming was driving me insane (laughs) stupid soundtrack um as a as a mexican yeah were you thrilled with the outcome oh i get i I don't know i mean i mean does that have any you know i'm I'm the worst mexican i'm about as good of a mexican as rachel is like a jew are you angry that guillermo del toro did not win the first oscar because that makes me angry no i just Uh like that director better and he seemed to start it off 
Um, and this guy comes in right. out of nowhere right. and steals the thunder. Well, not out of nowhere. He's been Out of nowhere. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, my favorite Mexican director is this guy named Carlos Regadas. Oh, he's good. But, yeah, nobody knows about him. You know, he's I'm just like doing John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever with, like, uh, oh, you know this uh, Lawrence Olivier? Like, right. no, I don't know. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's really famous. He's a famous <laughs> right. actor. Like, no, I don't know. He's like, no, he does the Polaroid commercial. Oh, oh he's good. <laughs> So who? What has he done? This no, guy? he's done a bunch of movies that you know they're like a con and whatever, but they, they're not like big commercial well, well, ones. Yeah, what's an example? But, uh, what's one that well, I he did, might he, know? No, none of them. But uh, he them? did one called Silent Light, which was amazing. Why do you have to you be know? like that? Why can't you just? I, like, I don't know. Uh, but it was great. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no, I mean I like the other Mexicans too. I'm just saying, like <laughs> the other you know, whatever. I like Cuaron. You know, he he's no a, one knows who that is. Yeah, he no. did. Oh. You know, he did Gravity, and he did. Oh, oh, Alexandro Alfonso. Oh, Alfonso. Yeah. Oh. And he won. Wait, didn't he win for Gravity? I don't know what he won. For Have there Gravity. been two Mexican directors in a row? I don't, I don't the, think he won Best. Director. Oh, he didn't win. Well, he should have. That was, yeah, was amazing. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Whereas Birdman, that guy should be thrown out of the business. <laughs> I mean, thrown out of the business. No, it was how a good, dare he? It was a good and experiment. Fuck basically. that ending. I don't like deciding for myself. I don't like that. <laughs> I like movies to decide for me, and I like happy endings. I understand. Yeah, how many Woody Allen movies I want to throw something at the TV? That's it? <laughs> Purple Rose of Cairo? That's the ending? Are you kidding? Well, he had to make a choice. He chose this career. I'm like, what? Oh, my well, God. They, you must have loved Mighty Aphrodite. That had a nice, tidy ending. Remember, they? it was like... Was they the, had she, a big... found a, she found a guy. She got pregnant. Yeah, right Michael Rappaport. They got together, and there was a big chorus, like, happy ending. Like No, no, she didn't get together smiling. with Michael Rappaport. She got together with Oh, the other else. guy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. But everybody, like, ended up happy. Like, I do like that. Oh, right. and that's probably his joke right it because was... it's a greek tragedy <laughs> exactly. what an asshole <laughs> exactly <laughs> i hate him even though i love him as a matter of fact i love him so much let's just get to it um funny we should mention him today <laughs> did you go see his new movie no oh. no um sarah's in town too and i've said on the show before sarah silverman we always see the woody allen movies together we missed the last one Mostly because we heard it was unwatchable, right? But we we don't care. We'll go to see all of them. We just I don't know why we're not going to see this one. Um, what's it called? The reasonable, reasonable man, man or unreasonable, unreasonable man, man yeah. or something, right? Um, last week I spoke about this uh, Orthodox Hasidic woman that jumped off a roof uh, on the on the Fifth Avenue uh, bar la- a couple weeks ago. Was they, she, did you, was you were you the cause? Although I like to think I'm the cause of most women's right. suicides because <laughs> right. it's certainly not hasn't yeah, not, not happened right. before. Exactly. Um, th- I don't think I had anything to do with this, but All I right. assume being a man, uh, you know, in that religion, I probably do have something to do with it. Uh, but she left her family. Okay. This is kind of interesting. She left her family. She denounced it and went on her own. You know, and then said, "Hasidic." are horrible. They're brainwashing and they, you know, the way they treat women. We know this. We right. know this. And she got out somehow. And you know how difficult that is. Right. And they didn't want to nothing to do with her. I don't know if you heard about this. this was like a little three bit, weeks ago. but I didn't know the details. She quit her family's lifestyle. She emailed her pals day before blasting the Jewish sect as a cult that shouldn't exist. She's completely correct. Blasting it where? Like on her um, Email Facebook to her pals. Oh, just okay. email. She okay. said it's antiquated, oppressive, and controlled by powerful rabbis. It's completely <laughs> true. Of course, what isn't controlled by powerful rabbis? <laughs> Um, her, but and her family were such dicks that even though they maybe they felt remorse, I mean we'll never know. They had the funeral was at noon, 
and they told all her friends, and then they switched it to two so her friends would go to the wrong place. <laughs> Can you imagine? So anyway, the reason I bring it up is because her last words were, where's the east deck? <laughs> to the bartender. I went through the window. <laughs> but we must always remember that we, when we are born, we need a great deal of love in order to, to persuade us to stay in life. Once we get that love, it usually lasts us. But the universe is a pretty cold place. It's we who invested with our feelings. And under certain conditions, we feel that the thing isn't worth it anymore. I came as soon as I heard. I, I thought you might not want to be alone. Oh, God, it's been terrible, you know? I, I, I called, he, the guy was not sick at all, and he left a note, he left a simple little note that said, I've gone out the window. And this is a major intellectual, and, he, and this is his note, I've gone out the window. And what the hell does that mean? You know, this guy was a role model. You'd think he'd leave a decent note. Well, what, did, he, did he have a family or anything? No, you know, they were all killed in the war. That's what's so strange about this. He, he's seen the worst side of life his whole life. He always was affirmative, always said yes to life, yes, yes. Not today, he said no. Can you imagine his students? Can you imagine how shattered they're going to be? Listen, I don't know from suicide. You know, where I grew up in Brooklyn, nobody committed suicide. You know, everyone was too unhappy. <laughs> uh, it's so funny that you said I got it. You knew exactly what I was going to. I mean, that's it. That's the funny thing. As soon as I read that in the paper, where's the East? Like, all I could think about was crimes and misdemeanors. And, and if you've ever seen the movie, this great intellect who's a Holocaust survivor, he's right. making a documentary on this guy. And, and the funny thing is, you can hear in the thing, it has to do with this girl. He goes, we can that deal without love right. it's kind of funny he's talking about this girl she couldn't live right without the love of her family this, right. this guy's talking about it and he and he is um and now we w w before i get to that um so he's in this movie and he's doing this documentary of this guy lewis Le professor levy right and then this guy who's a life affirmative guy jumps out the window commits suicide and as soon as i noticed just like i went out the window and when he was just like but this great intellect he just right went out the window that's the first thing i thought it's so funny you were like i went out the window that's, i had the clip ready to go it's just such a funny um thing to say where's the was, east deck yeah where's the east deck because she wanted to jump off the east i guess for religious purposes i guess i don't know that's where Allah is i suppose too I, I don't know they're all out in the east you know i see um the guy who played Louis Levy. I don't know whether you know. Danny's grandfather. You, that's what I thought. Right, right, right. Now, Rachel Feinstein, who's on this show. Now, think about this crazy connection. Right. Our good friend Rachel Feinstein used to, before she became a very successful, famous comedian, used to babysit an autistic kid named Danny, who uh, I used to make fun of because she's like, I'm going to bring him by your building. And I'm like, no, I got a picture of him up here not allowed in because I didn't want to <laughs> deal with him. You know, he sounds crazy. He's crazy. Um, I didn't understand autism at the time. They're going to so. arrest you tomorrow when they hear this podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, so his this kid's grandfather was the guy who played Professor Levy in this thing. But what I can't understand, was he – what did Professor – he wasn't an actor, right? No, no, he actually is a philosopher, and, and Woody Allen just had him – like, he writes books that sound exactly like – Oh, he does? Yeah, Okay. Yeah. So, like, he's written books on love and stuff. So I think Allen just said, you know, just talk about – love or whatever and he just filmed oh that it. was his you think it was his dialogue yeah yeah oh how interesting because <laughs> then um we have another mutual friend lawrence lerman who his old girlfriend used to take dictation for him <laughs> this guy i mean i don't know why professor levy is in our lives so much <laughs> yeah. but uh 
It, I think he's dead now. He just died he a just couple years ago. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, huh? it's amazing. He lived this long. He was. He looked like he was about to die, and that was in 1989. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, yeah, it was, it was the Harry Morgan uh, <laughs> thing, you know, where it's like you, you think this guy is already 70 when he's only 30. Right. You know, the guy who played Colonel Potter in MASH. <laughs> right. I mean, how is that guy still alive? Right. He was already 107 in MASH. You know, and then you see him when he was a young kid. He's like, wait a minute. He looks old then. Right. You see him in those old movies from the 60s. You know, like, uh, I, or in, uh, Alan Alda, too. No, I never felt that. Well, you I mean, think he, so? well, yeah, he, he always had right. white hair. I, uh, I guess. You know, I mean, it just, or it seemed like he never aged for a long time. And now he actually does look old. Like now. Well, yeah, old. now, but um, still beloved. <laughs> right. Oh, who doesn't? You know, until he fucks it up. But yeah, that's so funny that you uh, knew I, I couldn't wait to <laughs> play it. I, I don't know why I didn't have the clip last week. I guess I, I wasn't sure. But so Rachel, did you see what happened to her this weekend? No, what happened? Did to you her? see anything in the? No, it's good news. Good news. Oh, and I've been uh, so busy. anything in the paper. Uh, her Amy Schumer and her were in the Hamptons. Right. Did you hear about any of this? Uh, I guess her it's just, Facebook it, post yeah, that she's it, done. Well, it's not just Facebook. I mean, it was on the Today Show. Oh, no. It's in the newspaper. I've just seen pictures, they, but I didn't really read. Amy, Rachel, Amy's stupid high school friends, and Jennifer Lawrence, Oscar winner. Right. Jennifer Lawrence. Right. All hung out together in the Hamptons. Right. Nobody knows where the Jennifer Lawrence connection comes from, but they all hung out, and there were all these pictures of Rachel and Amy and Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Fucking around in the Hamptons, just having a great time. And it was on the Today oh, Show I thought, and stuff. Oh, I didn't realize. I thought you were alluding to like some kind of story or something. I did see the pictures. No, just it's didn't... just it's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, she yeah. was here sitting here by you, and then <laughs> right, she's right. just doing this. Wait, what? Well, wait, why you was know? it in? I don't understand why it was in the Today Show. Because it was such a popular photo that oh. was like tweeted. Yeah, Amy Schumer is the biggest news right. on the planet at this right. point. You know, so no, I get you it. know it, it, it's TMZ shit. It's just funny that Rachel's included. That's funny. And so they built this pyramid of girls. It could be sexy, but it's not. <laughs> I guess they need to be a little hotter. Um, and Jennifer Lawrence is like, on the, and Rachel's there. Right. I didn't even recognize her until somebody said, "I'm positive that's Rachel." I didn't even <laughs> recognize her because she looked weird and she was wearing these glasses. I just didn't recognize her. Huh. And then she's. Um, you know, on a boat with them and stuff. It's like, it's just so, that's our yeah, girl. It's I just know, so weird. Um... So she told me that it's, it's so funny. It, it, you know, you're wondering, okay, why is Jennifer Lawrence hanging out with uh, Amy? Now you figure Jennifer Lawrence is pretty cool. They're probably about the same age. Actually, Jennifer Lawrence, I think is younger. Okay. <clears throat> and that's the funny thing about real actresses and actors. And I've seen it before. And when they hang out with comedians, they think they have to try and be funny. And <laughs> right. Rachel said that is exactly what happened. Right. When they first met her, she was trying to keep up, in a way, with Rachel and Amy. Sure. Not her friends don't care. Her, you know, Amy's high school friends get it. They've already been over it. But right. it takes a while to acclimate right. when you're working with comedians, if you're not a comedian, because you think you have to be funny. Right. And that is the worst thing you can do. And Rachel said specifically that Jennifer Lawrence was like annoying for the right. first like 20 minutes until she was like, oh, maybe I'll just let them be funny and I'll just be regular. Well, it's I'll hard. Be. You know, I mean, it's like comics are always trying to one-up each other, right? So you put right. them all together and it's like, forget it. It's already insane. And But then like most normal people just – recede into the background because they don't have that extrovert personality, right? But actors... But this is a you are, know a big actress. Right, so right. actors are used to getting How can that. she help it? Right, so right. Of course she's going to compete, right? Yeah. Except she's not a comic. So she, But it's funny. I've seen this with Sarah a lot. You know, these, these actresses that just want to be friends right. with these 
really interesting girls like Sarah or Amy. You know, they want so hard. So I'm going. Sarah's having this party. You know that that I go to every year. Right. And coming, I saw the get. Yeah, right. It's coming up. Uh, you know, at the end of August. And um, you know, I saw the guest list, and I don't even want to go now. It's so intimidating. <laughs> right. Larry David, <laughs> Ben Affleck. You know, I'm going to give it to this guy. <laughs> um, How's them apples? You should do that. Huh? That Goodwill Hunting scene with the house that I've never seen that movie because oh. I hated Ben Affleck for so long. I can't even say that. And now when I called that he would this he would dick over Jennifer Garner many years ago, and now it's happening. Right. Classic. Now he now he's full on dating the babysitter, <laughs> they, the nanny. Right. It's the most obvious thing in the whole world. And what's weirder? He did the movie with Robin Williams. That's what Robin Williams did. That's where he got it from. <laughs> That's why Robin Williams killed himself. He just he was like, I feel horrible what I did to Ben Affleck. Wow. I made I him a cheating that. heel. I think he was probably one anyway. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. But the, oh, I'm doing Jackie Mason, but I'm trying yeah. to do Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, 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 no, I can't do it. I can't stop. I'm doing the Jackie Mason. Wait, I'm trying to do Robin Williams. Not so low. The voice can't be that low. I did. I did. I Wait, maybe I don't. I can't. I can't stop. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Quit while you're ahead. No, but I was able to do it for a while. I mean, it's not a good one, but I'm like, oh, I say, preacher. Sure. Oh, I got it better that time. I got it better. Yeah. But basically, I was doing Jackie Mason. No, you're doing the Jewish. You can't. I do the Jewish because yeah. I can't help myself. Right. You're doing one thing. You're doing another. Jewish. And then here we are doing. And what is the podcast anyway? <laughs> I mean, what's the point? Years ago, we used to do radio. I get on. You talk on a microphone. Now everybody's got their own show. I don't know. For years, I was working on the radio. I couldn't get a gig. Now, my own daughter does her own podcast. Um, I got to have her on. Yeah. Sheba Mason, Jackie Mason's daughter. It's hilarious. She's she does a, have her own podcast? I, I don't know, but she's oh. dying to be on this one. Oh, yeah. Um, you should have her on. And you know, that guy that uh, is, the guy she's dating looks just like you. Yikes. It's really funny. That's weird. He, does, he has a lot of characteristics of you, and he looks like you. And is he Mexican? No. No, I think he's, might be Hebrew. Uh, but, you know, Sheba Mason, which is Jackie Mason's daughter, who looks, unfortunately, the poor girl, just like him. But she's really nice, but she's crazy, and he can't blame her. Dad really wants nothing to do with her, and she's just waiting for his affection. She does a show every Sunday afternoon uh-huh. at the Broadway Comedy Club about her father dating her mom. Wait, she still is doing Still that. doing the show. I think it's called – I don't know what the hell it's called. I've seen it. But people keep co- – like Three like- people come each week. <laughs> I don't know how she puts it together. I don't know how they afford it. I don't know wow. what – but I don't know how she makes money. She's a schemer in a way. Um, it's a musical. She plays her own mother, <laughs> right. pregnant with herself, and then she makes out with her father, played by her ne- – and she dates everybody that plays her father in the show. Wow, and she her. has asked me to play that several times, and that's why I won't do it. <laughs> that <laughs> makes sense. Because she is in love with me when I do the imitation. Right. Well, i got to tell you this. God, if you're my daughter, I want to put a bullet through my head. She's like, ah! <laughs> and that's like so mean to say. But You'd realize she'd ask you to – you're having sex. That's exactly what she would ask I you know. To that's so freaky. Speak to. And, and the funny thing is, I mean, she looks, you know, old. She's only like 27. <laughs> wow. Um. But she's a doll. She's I mean, very I really nice. like her a I mean, lot. she's yeah. a really nice person. But now she's dating this dude who's like playing... Me. And he actually looks perfect. He, he, I know he said he looks like you, but I think he makes himself look more like Jackie Mason <laughs> in the show. Before, she was using this guy that looked like Conan O'Brien, who was playing her dad. It didn't make any sense, <laughs> but... Uh, anyway, 
uh, that's the story of uh, oh so well I was just saying one uh, one other thing about comedians you know actually I wanted to teach a class about acting and working with comedians because every actor at one point is going to have to be a zeppo right you know and work with funny people sure think about all the people that I've had to work with Jim Carrey or Robin Williams this is a course I could completely teach because you have to be smart enough to know not to try and up them right and I remember when I was doing this uh, play about um, uh, called Gross Negligence. I don't know if I, I knew re- you then. No, or... but I mean, I've heard many stories. Right, and then uh, Spike bought it, and it was like a play. It was a, this, this fake thing where it was these um, three fraternity brothers that love partying, and then they loved it so much they went to law school so they can continue partying. Right. And then one of their dads bought them a law firm as a tax write-off <laughs> right. so they can just – you know, work there and party, and all they do is hire handle strippers and midgets. Right. Um, it was brilliant. You know, the idea was No, it's flawless. very funny. And so we used this guy, a friend of mine from high school. We It was me and Kevin Cash, and we're both funny guys, and we were the funny guys, and the third part, you know, I wrote, was supposed to be like Hoover from Animal House, mm-hmm. you know, who was definitely one of the guys, but more straight-laced. Right. And more like, uh, you know... I don't know, guys. The dean says we're going to be out, you know, but he's still part of the Delta House, you right, know? Right, right. So, so that's the way I wrote the part. And I hired this guy that I knew from college who was an actor, this guy, a friend of mine, this guy Jeff. And he just couldn't conceive. This is where I realized that there was a problem with the way they teach acting in college or in general. Mm-hmm. He could not conceive of being straight. And now I'm not saying it's gay, you know, I'm saying <laughs> right. to be the straight person. And he kept doing Marx Brothers stuff, like putting it, like we'd shake his hand. It was part of the scene. And he put his leg in our hands and we're like, <laughs> yeah, you, you're not, you're not getting That's it. That's hilarious Don't, on its own right. I know. <laughs> but I'm like, no, you're, you're funny in a different way. Right. You're not supposed to be zany. We're the zany guys. And I'm right. not saying it like, we're the zany guys. You suck. I mean, I wrote it. I mean, I wrote it. So whatever I say goes. <laughs> and either you read the script right. and I don't know what you're not getting. Right. Now, meanwhile, we replaced him because it wasn't working with Ed Helms, mm-hmm. who is exactly what I'm talking about. So, in you know, if you can hear this podcast and the sound of my voice, now you understand exactly what I'm saying. Ed Helms is exactly what I'm talking about. He is the perfect guy, right. the guy from The Hangover, who is not the zany guy. He's the more conscious, sure. I, we have to do something guy but he's still hilarious and that's why he's the perfect Clark Griswold in vacation I mean I'm not seeing the remake but you know what I'm saying right that's perfect he's the perfect guy so he was amazing in it he took completely got it right and you're welcome Ed Helms you're welcome and thanks to me America thanks to <laughs> me you have a remake of vacation you're welcome you're, credit for you're that welcome one? for the hangover you're welcome America I see What's the matter? No, nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Why does every guest have a problem with their mic? I don't... <laughs> something felt weird. I'm sorry. Well, they either hit the table. No, this was trying or... to be really quiet. What happened to your finger now? Oh, you don't want it. I slammed it in the door. Look, it's about to fall off. It's kind of gross. I hate that. Um, Memo and I, uh, we hadn't been talking for a while because we had like a little falling out, <laughs> which was all my fault. Totally. Can I tell you? 100%. I know. Memo asked me kindly enough to be in a, a project he was doing for the science festival. Yeah, a short comedy. Yeah. Now, I never expected you to say that it was we were going to shoot Saturday night 
So that was one thing. But <laughs> still, my bad. But you know what I had the most problem with? I, I know you were intimidated by the dialogue. I was intimidated by the dialogue. I mean, I am very <clears throat> uptight about memorizing lines now, and your dialogue isn't very flowy for me. You know, it's right. very difficult. <laughs> This is I, all the scripts you write are always. Yeah, they're very wordy. You know, they're very they, verbose. Yeah, yeah. yeah again. And it's very difficult for me to memorize now. I'm just not as good as I used to be. I guess it has something to do with age. I don't know. But I, maybe I've always been like that because I remember when I would put the odd couple on stage live, um, I would produce it. I was writing it. You know, I was just putting everything together, casting it, you know, making the rehearsals, all that stuff. I would do all this work. And then I was like, oh, wait, I forgot I'm in it. I got to memorize lines. This sucks. And you know, yeah, you when were, we made the Cars movie, right, exactly. I gave myself 12 lines because <laughs> right. I did not want to memorize. So, yes, I was panicked about that. But right. you know what the worst part is? I was very worried the way I look in a suit now. And I feel like I look fat and stupid. In a suit? And that was bothering me, too. Uh, these are all... F- and I know I couldn't tell you that that day. Right. I mean, that's the only thing. I mean, I, I totally get your crazy neurosis. I just... Yeah. Telling me, you know, like four days before the shoot, that was the problem. I get, if you had told me two I weeks know. ago, you know what? I just can't do it. I'm crazy. Whatever. That's fine. You know? I was so embarrassed. I look horrible in a suit. I used to look really good in a suit. You know, I dressed... I, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, you clean up nice. <laughs> And now I just look like a bag of shit, or I got the wrong suit. Yeah, maybe. And I need to buy a suit now. My, uh, (laughs) my, uh, that's a line from our movie. (laughs) You guys got to see the Cars movie. Um, Yeah. The, I need to buy my nephew's bar mitzvah's coming up. I've got to buy a new suit, and I don't know how to handle it with my. Well, I remember difficult build. Well, one of the first Simpsons episodes. I don't know. I remember. remember, No, I totally remember. (laughs) Don't don't, don't even tell me because it's with Harvey Firestein. Right? <laughs> right exactly. Let it all out, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> right. Because the tailor's going to take care of everything. Right. I think about that all the time. Where's that tailor? <laughs> that's all Where's you... Harvey Firestein to take me to the store to get me that suit? You're in Manhattan. That's That store must exist. That's... Manhattan sucks. I what? hate – if you go to like Joseph A. Bank, Men's Warehouse, the people that work there, I hate them. I hate them. They smoke outside. I see them because right. they're all by my office building. Was. Right. And um, they smoke. Why do I want somebody dressing me who smokes? And they're in your face as soon as you go, sir, can I help you? I'm just looking for a second. Yeah, I'll call yeah. you when well, I need you. Well, those guys are just salesmen. You need to go to like an well, old school Well, here's the other place, problem. Like a real tailor. I used to be a salesman at those places, so I know they know nothing. <laughs> right. No, but but you're, that's like a big chain sort of thing. Like those guys. But, I mean, you need to go to some – there's got to be some old – Still hasn't been run out of business. Yeah, but those Taylor. guys are freaky too. If you've seen that episode on Friends where that guy was uh, <laughs> I don't know checking Joey's about, but... penis too, or no, well, look, you or... got to do what you got to do. If the guy gives I've you a hand job, about... he gives you a hand job. But you know, you'll get a good suit out of it. What's? Well, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you really believe I'm going to get a good suit, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think it's worth it. Listen, I got I got to tell you a story before we get to anything because I promised um, my friend Joe that I would tell this story. I don't want to forget. I heard this unbelievable thing last night my friend Vincent Masso who you know mm-hmm. he's my very good friend we see a lot of theater I've talked about it before because he's also very good friends with Larry Moss that's a legendary acting teacher who sometimes I go to the theater with and I have told the story on the show before that I went to see this play with Sarah's old roommate and I bought Larry Moss with me and I might as well have bought Sarah Silverman with me or George Clooney the way that cast felt when they met this dude. Right. You know, it's like it's something nobody could understand, you know, except actors. And they're like, wait, you're bringing who? I mean, think about, look at me. You know, let me come in with, you know, it's like, you think that's good enough? Oh, I got somebody better. But only for that crowd. Right. 
This girl who met him was in tears the way I met Martin Short. She couldn't believe she was meeting him. And she's worked with, you know, great. It's like just, it was really funny. Anyway, Vincent Masso, who is my friend for years. I met him when we used to kind of co-own a bar together, and I've known him for many, many years. And he was in the original production of Hair. He's a musical theater guy, completely manly. And I've seen pictures of him when he was younger. So handsome. To be a straight man in the musical theater... Wow, you know, you're you're yeah. almost like George Clooney, yeah. you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio. Was I mean, he naked in hair? Would do? Yeah, naked? sometimes uh, they. He told me about it. Like, um, well, you had a choice, and <laughs> if you chose that night to get naked, you'd go on this elevator. Like it was very interesting. <laughs> he was in it with Diane Keaton and like some other people. You know, whatever. He's been friends with people for years. So, knowing this guy for about twenty years, once in a while he divulges information that is unbelievable. You get a story out of them, and you're like, what? That you'd never heard before. Right. Right. Like the time he told me he met Charles Manson <laughs> and hung out with Charles Manson and went in the van on a trip with Charles Manson. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, what? He goes, yeah, he was Charlie Manson, and he, we saw each other in Berkeley. We hung out a little bit. I, I mean, I knew something was off about him, but I don't know. <laughs> he seemed like a fun guy, you know. And then I was in L.A. When, at the beach. And he goes, Vinny, Vinny. Like, he recognized me. And I'm like, oh, God, it's that guy. He goes, you got to come to the compound. You got to come. He's like, ah, I think I'm good. I'm good. Can I drop you somewhere? He's like, nah, I'm, good. I'm auditioning for this show called The Monkees. You know, like, I'm like, this, this is an unbelievable story. Are you kidding? So we always said, so we, I found out he he slept with one of the Bond girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, um, uh, he, he slept with Lauren Bacall. <laughs> I mean, this is great stuff, right? Sure. And he just divulges like his... So last night, uh, I see him. And he pulls out one of the greatest... I can't even believe what I'm about to tell you. I don't know how we got to talking about it. But we're talking about John Travolta. And I'm trying to think how we t- started talking about it. But we... We're talking about how people don't stay with sitcoms. And I said, well, you know, that's why John Travolta was cool, because even though he was becoming a big movie star, he stayed with the show, or he tried to. Because right. I remember watching it as a kid. He was only allowed, like, five episodes, but it seemed like he really tried. He goes, no, that's not what happened. He wanted out badly. In fact, he, he's, he, didn't, he, he wouldn't come to work until his contract was figured out. So I, I got a call from James Comack, the producer, to come out and replace him. Wow. So for three days, Vincent Masso played Sal Barbarino, wow. Vinny Barbarino's cousin. Oh. <laughs> Wait, he was actually on the show? Yes! I don't remember. No, because they never aired it. He was only oh. for three days, and then Travolta got angry. He's like, wait a minute, you're replacing me? I'm coming back. Oh, Jesus. And maybe they gave him his money or whatever he, <clears throat> he said, he, or, he, or he folded. Right. And he came back. That's hilarious. I know. Where's Wait, the footage? Well, I was going to ask. He never got. Not even a picture. Uh, I got to find. I, I I don't know. This is the most unbelievable news I've ever heard because, number one, <laughs> I had no idea they were planning on Sal Barbarino. <laughs> and, you know, and remember who they replaced Travolta with was Bo, you know, <laughs> right. that, that country kid, right. you know, which was which was horrible. Yeah, that was a bad move. There, there's your jump the shark move. Right. And, um, and just that this guy that we've known, you right. and I, for 20 years, That's was really supposed funny. to replace because he looked yeah, he great was, back you then. You can he's imagine. Italian. Yeah, he looks good now. Yeah, he looks good now. He's a gorgeous guy. He had better the, than Travolta. He had the, yeah, yeah. He had the gorgeous long hair. Right. And he was just basically going to do – and he was from Brooklyn. You know, like right. So they're like, 
They called this guy, James Comack. I guess he knew him from theater, the plays, or whatever. And here's the funny thing. Jeez. Um, Vincent was in a play in the 60s that was at with a blue man group now called Rain. And he played a soldier. John Travolta replaced him in that part. <laughs> Because Vincent took a show, a musical on Broadway, which closed in a week. <laughs> He's like, well, uh, kid. Uh, let me, and he had That's to a real walk. Just move. Yeah, I know. And he had to walk Travolta through the part. So they spent a lot of time together. But he wasn't Travolta then. He was just this guy. Right. So think about it. I mean, it's like they kept replacing each other all the time. Right. And this is unbelievable. Right. So then they have this moment, and Travolta's like angry at him now. He's like, what are you, trying to replace me as Vinnie Barbarino? Fuck you. <laughs> right. It comes back. So Vincent's career is – we wouldn't have met Vincent if right, he had, taken he had off. actually gotten the part. Sure. you know. And then a couple years later in the 70s, Vincent's tending bar. Travolta and his brother come in. He goes, I know you from somewhere. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah, yeah. Trying to replace you. Do we have to really? You won, all right? You won. I'm bartending here. Uh, but isn't that? Yeah, that's I a mean, pretty is amazing that, story. Um, but I, we, we need visual I, proof. I know. I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I can't even believe it. Wow. How did he never mention that I, before? That's the thing. How do you not even? He knows the kind of person I am that I right. love this kind of shit how do you never mention you know I was supposed to replace I actually replaced John Travolta <laughs> not I was supposed to I replaced John <laughs> right. Travolta for three days right he met Mr. Woodman <laughs> <laughs> he met them all um, god I remember that show you know when it was out I was in elementary school and I'll never forget when one of the kids either I think he went to the taping out in L.A. and told me that Gabe Kaplan was the biggest dick on the planet <laughs> and that Mr. Woodman was nothing but nice and awesome. Oh, wow. And, like, I guess they went back to get some autographs and Gabe Kaplan was just a major tool. And I just, for years, I just thought he's got to be mistaken. Right. But now it has been proven that he is a dick. Oh, sure. I mean, think about it. He left his own show. Right. He just walked out. He created the show, he wrote the show, and then he left. However, in his defense... He never did anything else. I mean, he left the business. Right. You know, maybe he did that movie Fast Break, you know, and then he played Groucho <laughs> once, and now he just plays poker. So is he, that what he does? He plays poker? Oh, he is a professional poker player. professional gambler. Oh, I... A very good I'm professional. Sure. He's on those NBC shows where they have Poker After Dark or something. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, that's what he does. But he did leave the business. Right. Um. So... What are you going to do? You know, I mean, if as long as you're going to leave the business and you're not trying to be a superstar and pull a Shelley Long or something like right, that, well, yeah, right. what are you going to do? Yeah. But... You know, still, I mean, that show folded after he left. You know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Well, yeah. Welcome back, Cotter. And then Cotter leaves. What are you supposed to do? Valerie's family. They, But, yeah, but that somehow... Got better. Worked, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Well, Jason Bateman single-handedly saved the right. show. It's true. And Jason Bateman, I loved him when he was on Growing Pains or Silver Spoon. Silver, Silver Spoon. Spoon. In, in, in your move. He was so, it's your move. It's your move. It's our favorite show. Yeah. That he was, was amazing. Sitcom. He was an amazing guy. He had a very interesting personality, real cool and interesting. Right. And, um, yeah, he was really cool. And then when he was in the Hogan family, <laughs> he was not fun. Right. And then he became fun again. Right, I'm, it's I'm, true. You know, he seems like one of the good guys. Like you want him to do well or something. So yeah. Anyway, I, and then you know, if um, if all had gone well for Vincent, you might have seen him in in this. Oh, sorry. Sandy, Teddy, what are you what are you doing here? I, I thought you were going back to Australia. We had a change of plan. I can't. 
Well, that's cool, baby. <laughs> well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rockin' Rock and rollin' and whatnot. What Danny? Not. <laughs> that's my name. Don't wear it out. What's with you? <laughs> What's the matter with me, baby? What's the matter with you? Wait, I'm gonna play uh, Duty and Putsy in this video. Yeah, you tell her, Danny. <laughs> what an what old What happened to the fart. days you met at the beach? Well, I do not know. I mean, maybe, uh... <laughs> maybe there's two of us. Right? <laughs> Good one, Zuko. You let her have it. She's a fucking cunt. Yeah. Are we gonna have <laughs> She's a not hot at all. <laughs> Are we doing uh, a sing-along now? No, I'm sorry. That still makes me angry. And I'm like, well, you know, again, what's he proving to a guy named Duty? <laughs> that he's like, yeah, I better not think that I like her because we're only supposed to like Rizzo. Right. Who's disgusting. <laughs> Look, I don't, don't understand that whole movie. So What? <laughs> I mean, don't you understand? No, nothing. That's great. Uh. I was, uh, you know, the, your Vincent story makes me wonder what other stories Vincent has that he hasn't. Uh, really I know. Reached. I mean, you know, the funny thing is I was like, I should have him on the podcast, but I have a feeling he'd be a horrible guest. It was very quiet. He's too quiet. Like he's he doesn't. No fun. He doesn't yeah. feel the need to speak up. You know, he's yeah. very like soft spoken. So. I mean, that is what's fun about him. But uh, we're planning on going to see, and of course, we always see the hot shows together. We are planning on seeing Hamilton, Hamilton, which is opening tonight. It, it will be the hottest show on Broadway. After tomorrow, I believe the reviews will make it legendary. I actually bought some tickets to sell because wow. I'm taking a shot that it's going to be. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Um, but um, I didn't get tickets for myself, which I messed up. Uh, I did this with the Book of Mormon. Got the tickets the night before it opened because then you can't get them for like a year. Right. It was a smart move. Right. Then my sister actually went to the box and was like, let's just go and get tickets for a year from now. And she got them and that year came really quick and they got to see the show. But that's this is apparently a very popular show. Of course, I'm angry about it because you know it's very John Adams like and stuff. And, oh, you know, but I see. You yeah. Did you, you did you go see that? Uh, this is probably not up your alley, but it did get a lot of press. Fun Home. Oh yeah, I saw it. It was great. Did no, it was it? up my alley. Uh, oh. We've talked about it on the show before. Oh, I didn't it, it was fantastic. That. Oh, yeah, it was really great, nice. and um, we really liked. It. I saw it with uh, the guy that wrote Stacy's mom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, him and Sarah writing a musical together. So uh, we went to see, you know, they go to see, now they go to see a musical together. And I, you know, well, yeah, maybe we could take your friend who likes the musicals. You know, uh, I loved it. It was great for many reasons. Um, the music was excellent. Um, the acting was good. The, it was short. Oh. No intermission. Oh. And that made it great. There you go. And the, it was just very entertaining and interesting. Yeah, it's based on a great graphic novel. That's what I heard. Yeah. You know it? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's like, Why would you get something like that? It's about lesbian, a girl turning lesbian, right? Or something. Well, I mean, she, Why I would mean, you buy it, a graphic novel like that? It seems like it's for girls it's, or something. It's by uh, Alison Bechdel. She's a, she's, she in the 80s had a comic strip called Dykes to Watch Out For, which actually Ew. wasn't very good, but um, she was kind of like a cult. You know, well, I think somebody portrays her in the show. Yeah, well, the, yeah. the book is like autobiographical. Right. So I just bought it because it was a good story. Like she wrote a great, you know, it's just really It is a good story. It's good. And <clears throat> the, the three actresses that play her as a kid and as a college student right. all got nominated. Oh, wow. And they all canceled each other out, and that idiot from The King <laughs> and I won. Um, I just wanted to um, – there was a couple things recently about diets. Oh. And, you know, Dave Juskow loves to talk about dieting. Yeah. That's true. But these are really stupid. Now, there was an article in the Post uh, Monday, this past Monday. This woman. Wait, let me just yeah. get this straight. We're going to talk about a Post article about diets? Is that the... Yeah. All right. It's, well, this, uh, then I looked at some more research. <laughs> There's this woman, Elizabeth Peyton Jones. She's a naturopath. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. 
she is 49, but she does look amazing. So they're saying, can you believe this woman's 49? She spills her secrets. Wait, I want to see the picture. What's the oh. picture? Wow, she yeah, looks she's great. Yeah, she's cute. Um, <clears throat> she give her a call. Okay, yeah, but here's the thing. Once I read it, she's got secrets, and she's holding up some vegetables <laughs> and some fruit. Right. Well, I don't see how that's a secret. I get it. If you're not going to eat McDonald's, you're probably going to look pretty good. But here's the secret. And ladies, if there's any ladies listening to my podcast, you might want to punch this woman in the face. (laughs) Let me just read this right here. Peyton Jones is a married mother of two stepchildren and has been practicing for 20 years now. Oh, so her secrets don't have kids. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That should be a red flag on this goddamn piece of paper. I am not a father. I am not a woman. But from what I am led to understand, having children will make you old. Fuck her. Fuck her stupid insight on looking young. Right, yes, exactly. the answer is not to have children, you dumb bitch. That's hilarious. Thank you. I'm so glad you understand and you agree with me. Yeah, I mean, now, obvious. The, here's one that was in the paper the Friday before, and it's called the number one diet, which is, you know, the, the new fad in right. dying is now called the alkaline diet. Wow. You pee on a strip. Oh, and if it turns pink, whatever your alkaline levels are, (laughs) too high or too low. Now, whatever it is, these people are idiots. (laughs) And I'll tell you why. Here's the alkaline diet do's and don'ts. The diet eschews acidic foods, thought to be harder to digest in favor of supposedly healthier alkaline rich foods. So the bad cheese, shellfish, meat, coffee and eggs duh <laughs> duh the good fruit green drinks lemon water beets duh duh <laughs> then i'm saying again duh yeah if you eat healthy you're gonna be good you're gonna die these are horrible <laughs> and now they're, they're making people pee on a strip and that's gonna be helpful this is ridiculous well someone was really smart you know marketing their little popsicle sticks in a new way well it's brilliant yeah in that sense but i mean and and all the stars are on you know gwyneth paltrow kelly ripa jennifer aniston they're all peeing on a stick now kelly and ripa. next week they'll be doing something else right it's just what the fuck it's so it's just like when i see what foods they're saying and i'm like yeah right so i was looking at another article not in the post uh that just had a thing of like worst foods and the first one is the bag I have in my cabinet. I have, <laughs> out of the top 20 worst foods, I have 18 of them in this house. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I mean, if we, I could make a lot of money with, like, the Just Go diet, right? <laughs> and it's just anything you own, don't eat, <laughs> right. and, and vice versa. And That's a good diet. People would lose The first one was cheese doodles. <laughs> right. I have two bags in my apartment I talked about the other day because it had a Mets giveaway on it. <laughs> like, well, that's why I bought it. And then it's sitting there, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll eat it. And then I wonder why I keep having diarrhea. Yeah. I can't figure it out nah, for the life of me. That's a mystery. I don't get it. Well, you've been around a while, haven't you? I mean, these uh, diets, these you know, this kind of news article has been around since the 70s. Like, it doesn't get old. Um, now, uh, let me just see if I have... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, let me quick get to the song I played at the top of the, um, top of the show. Yeah, how come you didn't do Macho Duck? I was wondering. How's that go? I mean, I think I know what you're it's talking about. It's like Donald about. Duck, the cover. Don't you remember? Uh, no. It was like a huge hit. I, I, 
kind of remember. Or maybe it was Disco Duck. Disco Duck. Yeah, no, yeah. Disco Duck, because that's that Rick D's, and he's a dick. Oh, I see. I mean, if you're a Howard Stern fan, you hate Rick D's and his stupid <laughs> Disco Duck. Right. Yeah, Disco, Disco Duck. Uh, <laughs> right. Rick D's. Anyway, um, okay, that's, I'm glad we got that straight, because I was pretty sure I knew. <laughs> right. And right. I couldn't think of Disco. So, that was The Village People. Yes, it was. Macho Man. And... We get it. You're coming out on this show. I understand. No, there was a. Oh, uh, last week in the Hamptons, a war broke out between the original Indian and the original cowboy. <laughs> if you can, the cowboy and the Indian. When you say war, they hate each other. Okay. So this rich guy asked them to perform. But I guess didn't tell each other the other one was coming. <laughs> uh, you know, at his Hamptons house by the pool. Right. And the Indian guy refused to work with the cowboy, Randy Jones. <laughs> and he became, he, you know, he didn't know they invited him. And um, the Indian had major reservations. The, f- folks, folks. That's very funny. Thank you. But, um, yeah, he, the guy flipped out. And uh, he didn't want to share the spotlight. I mean, how ridiculous... Is this the stupidest thing you've ever heard? Uh, no. But so then I was just thinking, I mean, these are the, the founding, you know, they are the founding members, but they didn't write any of the songs. No, they, they didn't write anything. any of the songs. In fact, I was looking at the, it was the police officer that wrote all the songs. I didn't even know. No, it was this other, this old gay guy that wrote the songs. Him and the police officer actually wrote, the guy that sang, the guy that sang all the songs actually wrote the songs. Really? Yeah. I thought he, it was this other dude that they would hand it. Uh, you're talking about the French guy? Yeah, the Henry French guy. Henry Bellolo. Yeah, 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 exactly. He helped, but I don't think he actually had... In fact, I believe they got into a fight, the cop and the gay guy. Well, they're all gay, right? But um, <laughs> Sorry, I mean, um, of who wrote the songs. I, When I was growing up, did I don't know whether I knew they were gay or not. <laughs> no, I had no idea that they were very happy, that's all. Well, how funny is it that... Um, ah! How funny is it that... I mean, this song was so huge. Yeah. And it still is. You know it. I remember it Their well. openings were amazing. You can't tell what the song is until five minutes in. <laughs> the weird part about this is... Um, I didn't mean to turn off. I mean, if... I know a lot of you know they would play this at Yankee games mm-hmm. um, in between innings. Why they would play such a gay song in a manly sport like? Uh, well, they play "We Are the Champions" by Freddie. By I mean, Queen, that's, that's true. I mean, come Isn't on, that interesting though. Yeah, and like, but they... this was their big like seven, like sixth inning stretch where the guys that watered down the field would right. do the thing and it's just so strange that like uh, you know it's awesome right but it makes no sense why why did they choose the song how did that happen I gotta look into that well, I think you know back in the 70s people were a lot more like they didn't give a shit you know everybody's still tight these days well they were doing this up until about 2000 right well then it just became a tradition yeah, yeah you know what tradition. I mean once they switched stadiums I think they broke it off um but it's uh, completely fascinating the village people and how yeah hot they were I mean their song because their songs were excellent they were good they were really fun you know and really interesting I had no idea they were gay songs you know and what about this one which is 
clearly just gay, but awesome, <laughs> you know. And I was looking at some of the videos, too, and they're really gay. <laughs> Pretty much. Or are they gay just because now I know they're gay? I always wonder about that. Like, that's, that movie Cruisin', my friend wrote the soundtrack for that, and I was just like, it sounds gay. And he's like, you're just thinking that because the movie's gay. Right. But this guy who's singing wrote, he wrote the songs. I did not realize that. I thought it was a French dude. But there's such really good songs, and he's got such a great voice. But they really move. Yeah. But remember, this could only last because it was disco. Their their fame could only possibly last two years. Right. They just hit it right at the right time. But this guy wasn't even in the mu- the movie. Can't stop the music. Like he didn't even make it. <laughs> it's great, right? Yeah, it's, it's got really such fun. a hook, but it's just so gay when you're thinking like, of course we have to write a song about the Navy being on a, a sailor ship, <laughs> right? Um, but what's funny, I was you know, I was doing the the research, and they have um, a song called "This." Apparently, is like their like we most people don't know it. But it's apparently a, a big gay anthem that they play at like every gay bar. That are really you not familiar to. with this one? No, thank God. <laughs> it's nice. We'll go our way More like a ballad, <laughs> like a, like an anthem song. But it's got the same like formula as YMCA. Yes, but it's more anthem-esque. Yeah, yeah. I guess it means more to gay people. Right. No, I get the lyrics are more. I like the melody. YMCA. <laughs> Maybe. I like it. Yeah. I was listening to it last night, but, um, but then uh, the Pet Shop Boys redid it, and then it became really gay. Uh-huh. Uh, listen to this. Folks. <laughs> but it was a big hit for them. This I remember now that you play this. Oh, you do? Yeah, I remember this one. Feels this, like I'm getting married. This was a band I never cared for. <laughs> it, it's just like <laughs> this music doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. When, when the guy's voice comes on, you'll be surprised. Or not. No, not. I remember that job. That's a man singing. Yeah, well, he did Willie Nelson, too, remember? Who did Willie Nelson? Pet Shop Boys. Oh, he did? Always on my mind. I don't know. I, you know, in, in a way, I kind of like it too because it's got that it's it's got that anthem as you know, like a like a sad but happy song. Like yeah. A, but um, I don't know. Then it reminds me of the eighties, like a British band of the eighties. Or are they are they British? The Pet yeah, Shop or, or oh. somewhere in the UK. Yeah, it reminds me of some like like a like an aha back then. Or some, so <laughs> yeah. in a way, it was like kind of no, the Pet Shop Boys were huge. A while. I know they were huge. They just you know not for me. I was not a fan either, but you know, nostalgically, you know. Hard not, you know. When well, you I know Alan Klein liked him, and then I knew something was up with him. <laughs> that was before I knew he was gay. How could I not know? Um, now everybody knows 
I like the city bike. Yeah. And uh, when do you hear this? They're planning on expanding the city bike program. They keep saying that. Well, they're doing it. It's already happening. I've seen some of the stops. They have it on the map already. They really are doing it. Into other boroughs? Well, definitely other boroughs. But right now in Manhattan, the city bike only goes up to 59th Street. Now, right. this is a bike sharing program, if you don't know. And I talk about it often because I use it all the time. For those of you not in New York City. I right. And, uh, it, but it only goes up to 59th Street. Where, you know, it's perfect for me. <laughs> it works. But I can't go visit anybody uptown. Right. Uh, now they're building ones on the east side all the way up to the 90s, which will be great. And I think that opens in September. Okay. Just in time for winter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, scheduling is hard. <laughs> this is why they're going bankrupt. Right. Uh, now they're trying to build some on the upper west side. And they're already doing it. And that's not coming out till next year. But the number has been drastically reduced because of heated meetings because of the dangers of the new stations. There's no dangers of the new stations. Well, what does that even These mean? are Upper West Side snobatorium people right. that say, this, the quote, this guy, Kirk Nicholson, he's 64 years old. I'm saying his name because I hate him. Mm-hmm. When I leave the house, I don't want to be bombarded by a bunch of bicycles. <laughs> Emphasis yours. Accent. Yeah, I'm just. I, what? What is? No. What? Do you, what? <laughs> I don't know. Matter, I'd prefer to see a bunch of bicycles than a bunch of cars. <laughs> I agree. Um, I don't want to be bombarded by a bunch of. Bi- <laughs> He's not talking about being bombarded, folks, by cyclists driving around like maniacs. He's just, just talking about them parked. Right. Um, Who cares? Well, well, so fuck those guys. You know, Queens would be very happy to have a bunch of bikes. Put them in Queens. They are putting them in Queens. They have a whole bunch in Long Island City that they, you can. I'll show you the map later. They, right. they show them where they're going to be. Right. It's where all the rich um, people are. That's what that's I. The that's the key. That's the problem with this stupid thing. <laughs> so, in a related story, there's a guy in Long Island who is annoying his neighbors because he's parking his very tiny plane in his driveway. <laughs> he. When you say tiny, it's what, very tiny. If you see it, it's like a prop plane, but it's even tinier. It's it like fits a, in a like driveway. A two, obviously, yeah, yeah. It's like a two-person plane. Right. Maybe one person, you know, like it looks like a glider. Right. It's really tiny. And he was paying 150 in storage fees, so he's like, you know what, I'll just put it in my driveway. And everybody's complaining. Right. They're complaining. Of course. Can you imagine? Yeah, I what can imagine. What the fuck are they complaining about? It's the same thing as having a car in your driveway. <laughs> this woman's like, it, it's distracting. It's an eyesore. <laughs> Other residents on Yale Street got so fed up they called police. And, he, and, and he's like... If people can have boats in their driveway, why right. can't I have a plane? <laughs> right, why no. does anybody care? <laughs> people are assholes. What That's the what. fuck? I would be thrilled if somebody <laughs> had a plane, if my next door neighbor had a plane, because then when I, people would be like, is that a plane in the driveway? Yeah, that guy's pretty cool. He's got a plane. <laughs> yeah, Isn't that no. awesome? I get Look, people complain about any little That's the thing. Irregular. It's like you just, what the fuck? What are these people doing? I, they have nothing better to do. You they know. have nothing better to do. The reality shows are all reruns. It's really frustrating. It's just uh, obviously it. It's the you know it's the exact same thing as the city bikes. It's right. just that you're complaining about nothing. <laughs> you should you should you, have, live- you, know, you should have Rena on on the show. She hates cyclists and bikes oh, so she much. Does? She's like this angry old lady. She complains about it yeah, all. Yeah, but then I'd have to have Rena on the show. <laughs> I think it'd be funny. No, she would be good. She'd be it, hilarious. Some, uh, the problem with Rena being on a show like this is that um, she's too loud. If you can believe it, when she laughs, like it's it's, it's too much. And I think that's what um, turns off boys sometimes. <laughs> I I don't know about that. I'm just I'm bringing really this funny. up only because you're here. 
Is it about Mexicans? No, it's about 3D printers. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know if you've, you know, this is a thing that's happening there because of 3D printers, a lot of franchises like Star Wars and stuff like that are losing money on their figurines because now people can make them themselves. Right. And there's a guy who makes them himself. Right. Sells it on eBay. Oh, yeah. Oh, 3D printers are awesome. Somebody made a gun on a 3D printer. Yeah, right, like, right. I do that. You know. Have you seen one? I haven't Star- seen one. Well, what is it like? No, most 3D printers are are not I mean they're they're really cool in theory, but when you see how what they actually make, they're not quite there yet. In other words, like it's you can only use one kind of plastic and it's like a I you know like it's remember called a filament, I think. Yeah, it's right? a filament, but it's a kind of so you remember like model airplanes or whatever? Yes. It it kind of looks like that kind of quality plastic. So it's like yeah. like I saw a Yoda head that somebody made. And yeah, it looks very like Yoda. So what whatever. do you do you design it on the computer yeah you need then... a 3d printing like so like google has like a free one called google sketch right and you could design a 3d model whatever and then you just hit print and you just print because i saw a couple of them that are small and they're not that expensive no they they're like not kind of fun well they're I saw fun some just... cylinder ones and... yeah there's MakerBot makes a small one for i don't them. know that seems like a blast in a it, way. it is fun the only problem is like it depends what you want to do with it because they're limited so you have to know ahead of time what is it you plan to do with that I just want to make figurines myself like action figures for the show oh I see well yeah you know like me with a microphone and people can uh, <laughs> you know they can purchase them well so so <laughs> the the sort of the way to do it right unless you're like a big 3D artist is you get a 3D scanner so then you would say take this bottle stick it in the scanner it'll scan it create a 3D image of it and then you can print it well I can't put my face in the scanner yeah maybe you could I don't know well not yours but your average head I think um I really, I kind of want to get one. Yeah, go for it. But I, I like that they're uh, cutting into um, the merchandising. Well, that's hilarious. Makes me yeah. happy. I yeah. mean, there's the, when, when you think about all the things, it's totally messing everybody up, but that's cool because yeah. it's like... It's just like with uh, music. <clears throat> right. And you know what the thing is? Okay, learn a lesson from that right. because there's probably a way they can figure out how to not how to keep their merchandising how the movies and tv will keep their merchandising right if you do it if you take a lesson from what happened to music <laughs> right and how the music industry crumbled from napster where they could have made a deal right. somehow to keep the music industry going but they chose to look away it's true it's a fascinating Let them... legendary story i feel like we're building to something here no oh that's it <laughs> uh yeah no i agree i agree they're pretty cool you should uh you should watch Print the Legend. It's What's that? The documentary all about 3D printing. Oh, no way. Really I, you know what? I would like that, I think. You I know, think you'd um, dig it. Attel yeah. always calls me and tells me about documentaries he's seen all the time. He loves it. He always says he loves that kind of stuff. I'd probably tell him about that. He would love it. He, <laughs> yeah. he turned me on to this. Uh, hey, you got to watch this documentary about the woman who invented Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, wait, you're kidding? <laughs> it sounded like it was his material. Right, right. And he's like, no, no, it's fascinating. And uh, she was kind of uh, working was, with this guy, and I thought it was... And I'm like, wait, wait. Was it interesting? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I did see was that well, Paul Williams uh, documentary that... I saw that, too. It's so good. I saw that, too. It was fascinating. Fascinating. I don't know, folks, you remember this guy, Paul Williams, a short guy used to... Uh, in fact, he might have helped even write this song, he our, our favorite song. Here's he was in the movie. Right. I think he did write it. I don't know whether he or Jerry Reed wrote it, but he was oh, in the movie, and he always, you know, people always asked him to write songs. Right. But isn't that fascinating? From that, um, 
documentary that how sad and depressing his songs were and you never even noticed. Right. The li- when you heard the lyrics. It's true. Yeah, what an interesting documentary. He had like a fan like do it and... Um, the most annoying guy... I mean, that's what's so amazing about the movie is like the guy making the movie, you just want to punch him. He's so <laughs> yeah, annoying. Yeah. But, but he loved him. But the Paul Lins is such a cool guy because he, he lets his douche follow him around yeah. and, and like anybody else would punch the guy in the face. But this guy in the seventies was so popular, this Paul Williams. He was amazing. so popular. He's in a he's in an odd couple episode, he's in Smokey the Bandit, he's uh, <laughs> The Muppet. He, he, the Muppet right, he wrote all the songs from the Muppet movie. Yeah. What ironically killed his career uh, in a way was Ishtar. <laughs> because That's he wrote, right. this is a, a, a legendary bomb in show business movie making with Warren Beatty and Dustin Hoffman, where they and they're trying to make a road movie, an old fashioned Bob Hope Bing Crosby road movie, and but they were trying to make a bad film, that was the gag, right? And so they were supposed to be like a musical duo, and Paul they asked Paul Williams to write bad songs, right? And nobody got it, and I think that killed him. Because like, he was never heard from again after 1984. But I think part of it was that he was just like doing lots well, of drugs too, yeah. and miserable. And, I, well, you know. Yeah, but I think that helped. Sure. You know, I think that, uh, you know, was uh, some of it. So anyway, uh, that's the show. Oh, wow. That was fast. It was fast. And um, uh, you were a wonderful guest. Well, thank you so much. I was glad to be back. Now, next week, there will be no show. I'm, I apologize. I'm having a birthday. And I'm having a party on the day where I usually you do tape. a live uh, telecast. I should, but um, I'm going to be too annoyed. I just found <laughs> out where the venue is today, and it's too tiny for you know a person with my girth. Right. <laughs> um, but we're you know having a party, and then the next day I'll be hungover. Then we're going to go to the Mets games. It's too much to do. It is hard. It's a party. It's a birthday party weekend. And the week after, I will uh, have one probably just by myself because the day after that I go to Los Angeles. And then after that, like come September 1st, there will be no breaks. Right. We will go nonstop. Back to gambling. Till the Super Bowl. Right. Back to gambling and nonsense. And uh, you'll love it. So we'll see you in two weeks on the Dave Doscott Podcast. Thank you to Memo Salazar and my guests. And have a lovely August weekend. August pre-Doscott birthday weekend, everybody. We'll see you next time.